this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at my Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Okay, Luke chapter 4. And then if you're, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to read both those. We're going to start with Luke chapter 4, and I'll open us up in prayer. We are family. Look at your, look at your neighbor and tell him, what's up, fam? All right, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray. We are family. This is part four. We're going to conclude this message. Then next week, I'm going to preach something about, I don't know. We'll see. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so maybe something about, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Lord, help me. God, God's game plan. I don't know. I don't know. If you got a good title, please DM it to me. Okay. DM it to me. And if I use it, I will let everybody know. So we'll see. You guys decide the title of the message. For real. DM me. Send it over and we'll see what it is. But it has to be kind of sports kind of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There you go. There's a, there's one. Yeah, there we go. All right. See? All right. In the zone. There we go. All right. You guys are excited, huh? Okay. I like that. Okay. We'll see what happens. No, let's get stuff. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for family. We thank you for our biological family. We thank you for our spiritual family. And Lord, I just uh, pray right now in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, that you speak to us, that we get some revelation. We get some, Lord, uh, that we understand a part of the mysteries of the gospel that we didn't quite know before we stepped in here I pray you unfold things you unravel things you you father take the covers off so we can perceive things by the spirit I pray today that I speak to the spirit inside of people not just their mind not just their intellect not just their emotions not just their body but who they really are Lord I thank you I'm standing before spiritual people that they are spirit so Lord Allow me, grace me, to do your word justice today by speaking to the core of who they really are. In Jesus' name, everybody said? All right, here we go. Uh, Luke chapter 4, and I'll start in verse 16, but I just want to kind of give you kind of what we're going to talk about here. And then we're going to jump into that scripture, and we're going to read that story there uh, with Jesus all up in the middle of it. But um, if, if I were to have a subtitle today, We Are Family, this would be The Blessing of a spiritual family. I'm going to say it again, the blessing of a spiritual family. Uh, We all have families. We all came from somewhere physically, biologically, just, you know, we all um, came through our mother um, and we have, um, many of us, uh, you know, we have siblings and parents or we, you know, there is a context of a natural family. But today I'm going to talk about the spiritual family and the power of a spiritual family. And what I mean by spiritual family is, is Christians, a commun- Christian community, the kingdom of God, that um, God calls everyone. God has called every person in here. And every person he called, he, he separates you from something, that you were involved in some stuff before you served Jesus. Somebody say amen. You, you were connected. You were involved in something. Now, you know what I'm saying? There was something about this world that had you. One way or another, you were entangled. The Bible says in the affairs of this life, there was something. 
right? And so when God calls somebody, he doesn't call them because they're perfect. He calls them because he loves them, regardless of where they are. He calls them, puts his hand on them, visits them, comes up in the middle of your mess and says, what's up? I love you. You want to roll with me from here on out. That's how God does it. That's how he did it for me. Came up in my bedroom as a teenager and was like, are you done yet, Sean? And I was like, yes, I, I think so. Uh, and, and then from then on out, so, so he calls us. It's all throughout the Word of God. Look at any Bible patriarch of the Old Testament. Look at any character, if I could call him that, in the Bible. And he calls them and he separates them. On a natural level, there's something about God calling. Those he calls, he separates from something. Okay? And when he separates, he then connects. So God calls, he separates. And then he connects you to the right people. God never will separate you and leave you alone. Every time God separates you, he has somebody else for you to connect with. Every time God separates you from a, from a busted, broke, busted, and disgusted relationship. Can I get an amen out there? That God's got somebody else for you. He's got some other friends for you. He will separate you from the haters. So he can connect you to some people that are, that are going where, you, where he's taking you. And anytime God calls, there is no superheroes in the kingdom of God. Jesus is the only superhero. Meaning we need each other. We are connected, man. We, 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 we need community. As great as you are, what is in you won't come out of you until you're connected to the right people. There, there, there is no, you know, God just doesn't call this super, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman person in the spirit. You know, spirit man. I am spirit man. No, there is no Superman, Superwoman. There is, there is community. And in community, there's something so profound about this truth right here. That God has chosen to put greatness in you. But it will not manifest until there's somebody else in the earth that can testify with what God put in you. I am not everybody's pastor. I am a pastor here because you are calling me that. It is your fault I'm here. We are a threefold cord that cannot be easily broken. God, what's in me and what's in you. And in, in, in every environment, that, that, that this is how God operates. God if I can say this, needs a witness in the earth to testify of what he put inside of you for it to come forth. And that's why he wants people around you that can see you and know you by the spirit and not the flesh. It's not that they're bad people that God separates you from. It's not that they're good people. It's that God calls everybody he calls, he separates, he must separate. And we're going to talk about the spirit, the blessing of having people around you that see what's inside of you. It's bigger than what, where you came from. It's bigger than where you came from. It's bigger than you don't even understand all that's in you. That's why you're so troubled all the time. So it's the profoundness of the call of God on your life. You don't even understand all of what God's gonna prepare, but you sense it times, you feel it, you see it, and you're like, God, why did you mess me up like this? Look at your neighbor and say, he put it on me. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. 
Come on, somebody say this when we say, Jesus, go ahead, put it on me, Jesus. Right? Put it on me. All right? Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right? If you're not there, say, hold on, wait, I'm coming. All right? I heard a preacher say that my, he said, my wife is just like Jesus. She's coming soon. You don't know the day or the hour, but she's coming. All right. Anyways, that had nothing to do with what I'm preaching about, but all right, here we go. My wife is not laughing. She's looking at me like this. Okay. Luke chapter four, verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Look at your neighbor. Ask him, where are you from? And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. His custom was. Jesus is the example of gathering regularly. In the rhythm of life, we gather. In the rhythm of life, Christians gather. Because i got to get around some people that recognize what's going on in me. Not just what's happening to me. I need you to see, I need you to see the depth of what God put in. I need people around me that will check me when I get off course. I need people that will encourage me when I get off course. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're better than that. All right? All right? All right. And as it was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Verse 17, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Jesus found himself in the word of God. We behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord being transformed even into the same image from glory to glory even by the spirit of the Lord you got to open this word and find yourself in there Sean better be up in here somewhere verse 18 the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor in his hometown talking about what he's called to do he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down and said, bam. No, he didn't say that. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Verse 22, so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? They heard the word of God. They were affected greatly. They were about to bear witness. And then they started to see his natural makeup and they started to deny what was spiritually about to happen. And this is what God did. Is this not Joseph's son? You gotta get you gotta get you gotta get away from people that are always that all they know about you, all they're gonna talk about you is what before, what happened, where you're from, this and that, your struggle. You, they're always gonna remind you about all the bad stuff, always gonna pull you back down into this natural realm. You gotta watch being around people that are looking at you like, oh, okay, you're gonna preach now? Oh, you oh, you're Jesus Jr. now. As a matter of fact, I am, okay? No, I got, a, I got the Christ in me. I got, I, got a, I got a well inside of me. It's bigger than what you see. And quit trying to, it's like crabs in a bucket trying to pull me down. I'm trying to get out of this bucket. 
verse 23 and he said to them you will surely say this proverb to me physician heal yourself whatever we have heard done in Capernaum do also here do also here in your country the call of God does two things it will connect you to others on a spiritual level and it will separate you from those that have not the will nor capacity to honor the greatness that is in you I'm here to tell you I don't know everybody in this room but there is profound depth and greatness inside of you that is bigger than where you've been and what you've done up to this point because you are Christ in you the hope of glory that the Bible says purpose plan in the heart of a man is like deep water but a man of understanding will draw it out it is difficult to get past what we know about people to get to the profound anointing on their life and this is what happened to Jesus see God is trying to get you in a place where others will honor what he put in you I said we're talking about a spiritual family we all need a spiritual family because you are spirit you are you are a spirit the Bible says the body is dead without the spirit has anybody ever been to an open casket funeral that person was not in there no more they gone look at your neighbor and say they gone so you are a spirit being. You, you have a soul. You have a mind, a will, and emotions, and you live in a body. This is your earth suit. And many times, it is very hard when we really know people, people around us, people we are, quote, unquote, familiar with, to get past all that to the profoundness of what God's called them to do on the inside. It is not an easy thing, and we, we can't hate or get offended. It's, it is difficult at times when you know people. Somebody say amen. Why? Because why does God want to do this? Because God has chosen to perform his will through environments of honor. Okay? Where we value an environment of honor, a spiritual family is where we value each other's call, gift, and anointing. Jesus told the disciples, go to this city and that city. He says, look, if they don't receive you, dust your feet and move on why because God can't operate in an environment where dishonor is running rampant I believe we can sit here and pray for awakening and revival every all day every day crowd to God that's a beautiful thing but I believe if we create an honor of the Christ in each other God can't help himself but to move because the Bible says that how blessed is it for those Psalm 133 how blessed it is it for those uh, to dwell together in unity for there is the commanded blessing heaven responds to honor and as powerful as jesus was as as anointed as he was we're talking the anointed one we're talking sinless he never had a bad attitude he never he never clapped back on his mama i know some of you have in here i raise your hands now we'll do an altar call come on uh, that was a mama out there uh-huh looking at her baby uh-huh okay but, but, so, but, but God, Bible says, in time and time again, Matthew chapter 13, that, that God could do no mighty work there. Why? Because of their, their, their dishonor and unbelief. He, Jesus couldn't do it in that city 
because nobody was testifying of what God put him there in the spirit for. My goodness, you got to get around people that honor you. Every time I'm around Pastor Jay, I have lunch with him every week. Every time I'm around him, he, he, doesn't need, he don't need to prophesy over me. He don't, need to, he don't need to say, man, you're doing a great job, Pastor Sean. Really, you know, I, although I, I enjoy that when he does say that. But what I'm saying is in the spirit, I know he recognizes what God put in me. doesn't need to tell me. I can feel it. I know it. And it's vice versa. All right? You got, we got to get we, a spiritual family is essential to your destiny people young people in here millennials in here community just isn't hanging out it is recognizing the spiritual depth inside of each other that is community that is kingdom community common unity god moves where there is honor for one another all right, it's quiet, but that's okay. I'm gonna let it sink in, y'all. You know what I'm saying? You guys are just, you're just playing it cool because we're gonna have tacos in a little bit. I get it, all right? Here it is. How, how you receive someone will determine what you receive from them. Mm-hmm. Say it again, I think I will. You're preaching good, Pastor Sean, thank you. I, I feel like I got a word in my spirit for you. I said, how you receive someone will determine what you receive from them. How can one person in the Jesus is in the middle of a crowd and one woman with an issue of blood received him a certain way? No. And they were like, hey, all kind of people touching you. No, 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 no. Homegirl, touch me. She extracted she pulled something out of his spirit and homegirl got healed in a moment. How you receive someone will determine what you receive from them. How we receive the anointing that's in each other will determine what God will do among us. Wow. Wow. I, I don't want to offend Tina, but I don't want to offend the Christ in Tina. I don't want to get, I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to uh, look sideways at Liz, but no, I don't want to, there, there, there's a treasure inside of her. And if I, and if I, if I honor that, God, God, you know, it's the Christ. I like the Christ in you. Remember the commercials? I like the Sprite in you. Come on, seasoned saints. Uh, millennials right now. No, I don't remember that. Anybody? Come on. I like the Sprite in you. Well, I like the Christ in you. There's something, there's something under the surface. There's something God's working in the background. There's something deeper in you. And, and, and we, we appreciate, and we're going to do a series next month on, next month on God, um, um, race and culture and the importance of those things. And we're going to uncover those things. And we're going we're gonna to talk about how, just how, 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 how we're called to engage culture. But, but we can't engage culture if we're not looking a little deeper than culture. Because Cole, I'm going to say this right now, culture is not sacred i love it i come from a the skateboard culture i there's so many things about that that i appreciate i i mean just my whole mindset look at just came out of that culture but there's things about that culture it, it's not sacred it's cool but it's not sacred it's neutral at best it's the spirit inside of people that the real you when you you leave, you ain't taking culture with you. 
Hallelujah. Somebody say, we're a spiritual family. Here's my first point, okay? My first point. Okay, I'm doing pretty good on time. Here it is. They'll have it up here on the screen. It's familiarity. Familiarity will inhibit the miraculous. We're talking about family, and I know it's like the same kind of word, but what I mean is that when we discredit what's in someone because of how we perceive them on the outside, God will not move. Racism is of the devil. Why do I hate racism? Because it's stupid, but because there is depth inside of everyone and we need to get past it because the greatness of the anointing and the presence of God and the call of God and the move of God is inside of you. Familiarity will inhibit the miraculous. Look at verse 24. Then he said, surely I say to you, no prophet. Um, look at your neighbor and say, hello, prophet. The called person, a person called to preach the word, a curse, a person. I'm not saying you're, you're in the office of the prophet, but in this narrative, you're the prophet. And at times, the call of God on your life, the word of God inside of you will not be received in certain environments. And that is the nature of being called. That it comes with it. I hope you leave here with a smile on your face. But the call of God does come with separation. I, I didn't make that up. And I just want to encourage you in that, that that's how God operates. It says a prophet is without, is, uh, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Verse 25, but I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months. And Elijah is the one that prophesied it. It was his fault. And there was a great famine throughout all the land. Verse 26, but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. He's a prophet. There was a crisis. And I'm here to tell you, you might have a crisis in your life, might be coming through a crisis, had a crisis, walking into a crisis. I'm, I just want to encourage you that time and time again, throughout the Word of God, is crisis can be the beginning of your next adventure with God. Crisis, God, God, God uses crisis. Crisis does not throw God off. He wasn't like, oh no, what are we going to do now? That's what we say to God, and that's okay. And I think too, you know what? I just want to encourage you on your prayer time. Is sometimes people think you gotta when you pray, you just gotta be all everything's gotta be just right. And if you just read the book of Psalms, I mean that was some messy stuff. The, some of their prayers were not theological. Some of my prayers are not theological. Some of my prayers, I'll be honest with you, when I'm feeling it and going through it, I'm like, Lord, kill them, please. I'm so glad. Aren't you glad God doesn't answer all your prayers? But, 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 but just uh, look at the psalmist. But they always ended out with praise. Oh, but Lord, I worship you and love you. Break the teeth of the wicked, but God, I give you praise. Lord, let a millstone be tied around their neck and let them sink to the bottom of the sea. But Lord, I pray for them and intercede for them. I pray, do whatever it takes, oh God. Keep me in the palm of your hand. <laughs> just make sure you come out all right. But what I'm saying, when you go into prayer, you don't have to be all this and that and have it. You don't have to speak King James Version of the Bible. If thou wouldest come upon thee, 
I mean, if, that, if that's how you do it and maybe God responds to you doing that's fine. But what I'm saying is, is it's okay if your prayers are messy at times. There's a whole book in the Bible with messy prayers. All right? God, you, you are not, God already knows it's in you. And he, he, you're not going to offend him when you're real. Just do it in the closet alone because some pe- folks can't handle it. But God can. I'm here to tell you God can. He can handle your real. He's not ashamed of your struggle. He is enough. Jesus was enough man to go up to his homeboy's funeral and cry. But he was enough God to say, bro, you got to come up out of there. Raise him from the dead. He is enough man to die on a cross, but he's enough God to come up out of the grave. He is a faithful high priest that's able to be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He's enough man to know the struggle, but enough God to bring us out of it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you serve a a God that was me and knows the struggle? He, He can feel. There's an old gospel song. He knows just how sorrow feels. Hallelujah. He isn't just God in the sense he is God and Jesus lived life as a man. Still had holes in his hands when he came up out of that grave. Hallelujah. Praise God. Where was I going with that? Okay. Zarephath. Okay, let's go here. First Kings chapter 17. You guys all right? You guys getting something out of this? You glad you came to church and you're not here um, just because you want some tacos, right? You're here because you want the word. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I came to get a word. All right, I came to get some word. I came to, look at your neighbor and say, I came to eat some word and some tacos. Hallelujah. We got chicken carnitas, asada, chips and salsa, plates, forks, and napkins. (laughs) Hallelujah. We got some grilled onions. Come on, somebody. Yeah, Jesus. Okay. So God called Elijah. Let's go here real quick. First Kings chapter 17. This is the story Jesus talked about. All right, I'm giving you guys a meal today, okay? So I want you to take this home, put it in your little styrofoam plate, wrap it up, carry it, put it in the car, and I want you to chew on this this week. There's greatness inside of you. There's profoundness inside of you, destiny inside of you. My goodness. Hallelujah. Christ in you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, spiritual family. You have, there's a treasure in you. My goodness. Greatness is in you. Hallelujah. All right. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, here we go. This is the, this is the narrative Jesus mentioned. Arise, go to Zarephath, which was a country. It was not in Israel. This was a pagan land. Uh, the Canaanites birthed Sidon. Zarephath was in Sidon. Um, Sidon is a place where, the, where the, the tribe of Asher didn't drive out the enemies all the way. This prophet was called by a holy God to go to a place where he could be recognized on a spiritual level because those in his own religious community would not recognize it. And God says, I, I want to do something, but I can't do it because of them. So I'm going to call you over here, and God's going to call you. I'm here to prophesy to you. God's going to call you and connect you to people that you thought, I would never be kicking it with this type of person. 
but because there's something in the spirit for you with that person there's something this community here if you say man this is my church home this is my spiritual family our heart our, our desire for you is that what God put in you would be honored what God put in you would be stirred the gift and the capacity of, 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 of the move of God that's inside of you would come forth the treasure inside of you that's what we are after as a church community because if we could do that God's gonna move Hallelujah. They wouldn't be received. Called to Zarephath. Why is he called to Zarephath? That word Zarephath means refine or test. And this is the thing. God can only refine us when we are outside what is common, comfortable, or convenient. Comfort can be very deceiving because it makes us think we don't have to change. When you're around all your homies and y'all get along and y'all like the same thing, you dress the same way, you talk the same way, you run the same way, you walk the same, everything in the natural realm, you won't feel that you need to change. And God will take you up out of there, put you in an environment where you feel a little uncomfortable, homeboy, and he's going to do some things in you and you're going to start to see that, wow, I, can, I need to be more like Jesus. There's ignorance in culture, all different times. You hear me at what I'm saying, skateboarding, there's ignorance in that culture. I don't hate it. I love it. I got two skateboards. I like to roll around here every now and again. I'm trying to get, get, get a little workout. You know what I'm saying? I need a little cardio. And I, I love that world. But there are things in there that's just straight up ignorance. It's not Jesus. It's not gospel. It's not, it's not freedom. It's bondage. There's bondages in certain environments. And God will call you out of it. And not, not that you get rid of everything. Not that you throw away all of that. But if there's anything we are leaning on more than him, he wants to help us that he is our everything and God you can take it all away as long as you don't take away yourself I'll be fine hallelujah all right I'm preaching all right I guess I'm just trying to do my best here so he rose and went to Zarephath a, a refining place comfort has a way of deceiving us into thinking we don't need to change I know what I'm talking about I didn't really feel like I had to change that much until I got into an environment that was so different than me, so, so challenging. These people, I don't like these people. I, they're helping me, but I don't like them. Anybody, get, anybody around you just get on your nerves and, and they, they mean good, but they just, I don't, I'm not trying, like, no, man, get off of me. Anybody, am I the only one? Come on, team challenge, y'all better be real in here. I know you get a, get a, I know you just around people at your school. You're like, man, get me out of here. Oh, I'm here to tell you God's hands on your life. He's doing something. He's doing something inside of you. I remember when I first got saved, I, I, I didn't come out from a church environment. It wasn't an affluent environment. A lot of drugs, a lot of fighting, a lot of craziness, a lot of abuse. Came up out of that, came into church. My mentors were these affluent um, um, Greek people from an orthodox background that like one was some political lobbyist the other one was some type of engineer and they were trying to help me out man they got on my nerves so much like they're one of their parents owned a modeling agency I mean these people are just like living large and in charge and I'm we're just some some just scraggly little skater kids like at church and my mentor was so different than where I came from and I, I believe I helped them out a little bit too, by the way. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it goes both ways. Look at your neighbor and say it goes both ways. But, but he, called, he called this prophet to Zarephath. And widows weren't supposed to provide needs to men of God. So widow, check. Zarephath, heathen, check. 
And so he went. He went out there. All right? Verse, verse 11. And as she was going to eat, to get, he, she went to go get him what he needed. He called her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. This is verse 12. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son, and then I'm going to die. Verse 13, Elijah said, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. That is hilarious. She's like, I'm going to die. He's like, okay, cool. You're going to die, but just let me eat first before you die. Okay. He, you know, do, do not fear, go and, you know, get me, get me some cake first and, and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Verse 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. Somebody say miraculous. Somebody say honor. Somebody say no people by the spirit. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. This is my second point. Your faith is more powerful than you realize. That this woman was in fact broke, busted, and disgusted, and the prophet saw something in her. And so as, as in, a, in, a, in a Christian community, it requires strong faith like an Elijah, but it also requires the faith of a widow that was busted down, but there was still greatness in her, and God was not about to do anything until she released her faith. This was not a one-man show, and God was not depending on the prophet to make it all happen. He had to access the greatness in her. That is how God operates. Family is a place where, where, where we access the greatness inside of each other and watch God do the miraculous. And many times, people that are struggling like this would have was lost in her struggle. She's like, I see what you're saying. But what I'm about to do is I'm going to go eat and die. And he said, go do what you're going to do, but feed me first. And I want to encourage you, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you're from, regardless of how long you've been walking with the Lord, there is powerful faith inside of you. And we as a community need it. You'd be surprised the type of faith in people. Sometimes we look at somebody that's kind of there maybe from your perspective. No, it's faith inside of you. It's giving faith to every person. It's greatness inside of you. Don't disqualify what God put in you because of what's happened around you. Don't get lost in the struggle. Actually, she was able to operate in faith in the midst of her struggle and God came through. And this is the thing, God moved. And isn't that awesome that God continues to move among us even with people like us that have issues. And just because God is moving doesn't mean we don't have issues. Aren't you glad that God is not waiting for you to get it together? Because if that was the case, it ain't going to happen. But you, right there in our moment, in our struggle, I'm here to tell you right now, if you feel like you're in a struggle, 
God, God's wanting to stir something in you now. Oh, you know, I'm just kind of waiting. No, no, I, I, I'm going to die. No, no, I, I'm just not quite. No, you are there. Yes, it's in you now. Now. Now faith is. Not tomorrow. Not next year. Now. Now. Now the time is. Now the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and truth. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice today, don't harden your heart. Now. Well, I'm just kind of waiting to get it together. Don't do that because you ain't never going to get it together. I know you're amazing and you got a little calendar and you got your little plan and you got color-coded stuff on your calendar and you got your little iCal or whatever it is you're trying to organize. I get it. Do that. I know you're watching all them organized shows. We watched one last night on Netflix. I'm like, this woman is tripped out. She, she folds and multi-folds stuff or whatever it is. I'm like, this girl, man, I looked around my house like, Lord, forgive me, God. I, my Lord, my life is a mess. God, help me, Jesus. But look, you don't have to wait to get it together. Do something now. Look at your neighbor and say, do something now. Look at, your, look at your neighbor and tell him, what you waiting on? All right, look at somebody else. Tell him, get on with it. Come on, tell, tell three people, get on with it. Get on with it. We didn't sit around waiting to, to have church. We didn't sit around waiting to start a, to start a church. We just did it. We just, let's do this. Started in, a, in an Alexandria hotel, man. Right in some dusty room and all they go. We just, let's go. Let's do it. See what God does. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Moved into this building. Had some cleaning up to do. Let's do it. Before we had the AC, there was no carpet, hard chairs. We had fans in every corner. We actually installed these portable AC units and then we would vent them into the floor because there's a gap between the floor and the, and the dirt here. And we let us have church, sweaty. Nasty had some has some busted smoke machine. Like, why is that thing on when it's hot in here? Arms all clammy before I come up to preach. Somebody say amen. But when we get this, let's let's do this thing. We're like, don't wait, just do it. Take a step of faith. I'm here to prophesy. Start your business. Do your thing. Start your blog. Whatever it is, do it. Well, what if I fail? What if it's not God? What? So what? Learn along the way. Learn like God's with you. God's with you. What, what if I fail? I know. That's the big question, isn't it? You got to be like, you know what? I don't care. Because if I lose that, it's all good. I still got Jesus. I'm, it's, a, it's a spiritual family. I mean, like, Lord, you can take it all. Like, like I want that. I want the, the spirit that Job had. had literally everything gone. What is the first thing he did? He didn't blame God and he worshiped. I still got you, God. Ah, oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm almost done. I know, I know. It's tacos. Hold on. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Thank you for tacos, Jesus. Verse 17. We're almost done. Verse 17. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was serious. There was no breath left in him. Verse 18, so she said to Elijah, what have I to do to you, man of God? Have you come to bring my sin to remembrance, to kill my son? Somebody say issues in the midst of miracles. 
Verse 19, and he said to her, give me your son. I love this. I preached this, I think, at midweek a little bit in a different context. He said, give me your son. Spiritual family knows how to take your pain to God instead of getting offended by your pain. A spiritual family says, I'm going to take your pain. I'm going to absorb it. I'm not going to reflect it. That's what offense is, reflecting pain. But Christ in us knows how to bear burdens for people. And sometimes you just need to walk away. Because you're like, I'm about to slap this person, but I'm going to walk away. But the Christ in you, the greatness in you, knows how to absorb people's pain. Because he did it. He's, he's the master. <laughs> he, can, he knows how to get his beard ripped out of his face and not answer back. He knows how to get a thorn, thorns crushed into a skull and not revile. He knows how to get whipped and, and nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He knows how to do that and not, and, not, and not snap back. The Christ, the greatness in you, spiritual family, knows how to absorb the pain we experience and feel from others. And he said to her, verse 19, give me, give me your son. Give me your pain. So he took him out of her arms. And Jesus, the Bible says that we're to bear one another's burdens bear him and he carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed my goodness verse 20 then he cried out to the Lord and said oh Lord my God have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son somebody say real prayer he, he saved that for the, the quiet place that was real. He's like, what, God, you're just going to do this now? You told me to come here. You said she would provide for me. You moved, and now you're going to do this? God was not put off by his question. I think sometimes in our prayer times, it's okay to ask God questions. He's listening. I'm not saying he's going to answer you, but it's okay to ask. What are you scared of? Why are you scared of that? I think old school preachers were like, no, don't question God. No, they were saying, don't question them. You can question God privately. Go ahead, do it. Read the book of Psalms. Just, you're going to, just the heart behind it, come out the other side with some worship and some praise. But he asked him, what, what's going on? Verse 21, and he stretched himself on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Verse 22, then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. Verse 23, and Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Family is a place where offenses come, but they don't have to stay. I'm going to say it again. Spiritual family is an environment, it's a community where offenses will happen because we are people and we have issues, but they don't have to stay. They came. This brother could have got offended. I came up in your house. You now are eating. You were about to die. And you're going to blame me for your son dying? He said, he didn't say that. He said, give me your, give me your son. Absorbed it. And just because miracles are happening doesn't mean we don't have issues. Here's my last point. Honor produces 
a life-giving environment. And she said at the very end of that, I'll read it. Now, therefore, sorry. Then, verse 24, then the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. Honor produces a life-giving environment. Honor for God, honor for the Christ inside of us. This is the blessing of a spiritual family. And I know we're all from different places and different um, backgrounds. And just for me personally, I did not grow up in a spiritual family. Um, the church has been my family. I have other family. I'm not, and that's beautiful. My wife has a, is, is an amazing story in and of her, and her context is her spiritual family was her natural family. They, they were literally one and the same, you know? And, and just, just for me that I don't, I, from the age of being in high school up until now, which has only been um, seven years, uh, but yeah, I know. Miracles, right? In the house, I have it now. Uh, but my whole life, um, that, that is what has kept me, is my spiritual family. It's all I know. Because there was no other reference with these people throughout my journey with God in the house of God. There was no other history or reference. And many times, the things I was most comfortable with skateboard community God raised me up in an environment that was totally outside of that context and how the devil tries to kill Christian community I'm going to give this to you and then we're going to pray here it is if you're taking notes this is how the devil tries to kill Christian community this is how he does it the gossip chronic insecurity we all are insecure in some way or another, but when it starts to affect the way you interact with people chronically, hear me out, jealousy, gossip, chronic insecurity, jealousy, causing division, this is where God steps, steps back. He says, man, note those that make division among you. Pride. All of these are summed up in one word, dishonor, dishonor. And what if we as a community right here in Boyle Heights get our worship right and get our honor for the Christ inside of each other? And here's another thing too, is many times I think where the gap is, is not ethnically, it's generationally. That the OGs are like, man, these kids, they don't know what it's all about. We just... Then we create, and then the young kids are like, man, these old people. And that, that, that's dishonor both ways. Dishonor. It's dishonor. Because we need the old school folks because they, they're just stable and they don't care what people think about them. You young people, you need some OGs around you, some seasoned saints, because they're still going to be here. And we, and, and seasoned folks, those with just a little gray hair, you know, just a little bit, just sprinkled in. We need the young folks, it's our legacy. Because when we're gone, we want them here. 
It's honor. It's honor. If we could get this right, tell him there is nothing that God, God's like, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, I'll do it. I'll do it, sanctuary. I'll do it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I know there's people in here, and it's time for you to say yes. It's time for me to just honor God, just to honor him, honor him, honor him. It might be your first time. Your first time back in a long time, but or, or, or right now it is time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.